Hi, this is Karina Ganter's host of Behind the Pen. You're listening to the audio podcast. Enjoy. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Pen. I'm your host, Karina Gantas. I'm an award-winning author with 14 books, an award-winning filmmaker. I'm a podcaster, YouTuber, booktuber, and I also host the Author Assist show on the Artist First Radio Network, and I run Author Assist, which helps authors with their marketing, promotion, brainstorming, and everything in between. Today, my guest, and I've got to get this name right, today my guest is Hunter Lewenski. How did I do? Uh, uh, you did all right. Definitely closer than most people have attempted. <laughs> right, you have to tell me, I, I'm, I would guess maybe Russian surname? No, uh, no uh, it's Polish. Polish. I was going to say that next. <laughs> oh, welcome to the show, Hunter. It's very nice to have you here. Thank you. (laughs) So uh, behind the pen is for creatives, people that use a pen. So my first question I always ask my guests is what do you use your pen for? Well, I make my own artwork based off of characters from a book series that I've been working on for about six years now. And I also work in making my own music as well as which right now I only use a program to make it, but I do actually plan to learn how to play real instruments again. <laughs> so let's start with the art. What uh, what kind of style are you using for your artwork? I use like a bit of anime inspired where it's a bit more simplistic, but also you can tell how the characters would look in real life and all that. Is this done by hand or digital? Uh, the artwork I make is by hand. Wonderful. Mm. Wow. Painting or um, just um, mm. uh, pencils? I use pencils and I used to actually do a lot of colorful art where I would use different Sharpie markers and all that. But I've been focusing more on learning how to try to do shading and all that with just simply a pencil. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's all a skill, and there's just so many styles when it comes to uh, art. And and uh, my my daughter, she's she's thirteen, and she does uh, her uh, style is very anime as well. She has a very unique style when she draws people. So, are you going to eventually? You said you've been working on these books for a really long time. Are you eventually going to have? Um, turn the characters into uh, animation to go with your stories. I was actually thinking of that, but for the moment, I first want to finish writing out the entire story, at least most of it, and then maybe try to find some sort of professional artist to try making even a comic series so people can get a general idea of the characters in the scenes, and maybe from there I can try animation with someone. So... It's not going to be just a normal novel that's coming out. It would you really want to turn those books into uh, cartoons, uh, comics? No, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna try releasing the actual novels, but at the moment, those novels are just meant to be a baseline for any artist that I can find who would be willing to work with me in making a comic series at the same time. Hmm. So I tried two mediums at once because yeah. I went. I wouldn't want to release like the novel series 
and then have people read that just to then already know what's going to happen in the comics or vice versa. Yeah, I think I think the comics coming out first and then doing the novels would actually be a better way than the other way, in my opinion. Um, but uh, so, what genre are we talking? What are these? What's the stories about? Well, I've actually since this story of mine is the first legitimate story I wanted to try going all out with and actually trying to finish. I thought of a bit of a unique way to try with different genres where this focuses around 12 different main characters and these main characters can be antagonists or rivals to each other but pretty much each character is either meant to have a different tone or genre to their story so you can have fantasy sci-fi horror mystery all the different kind of stuff all together in one book what's i'm going to try separate it to make it a bit easier to, to digest for people, but the whole idea is trying to really build up the characters by also what kind of story they have for their sections. Hmm. What's your favorite genre to write in? Uh, currently, it's a bit more gritty, like tragedy stories, mm. because I feel like with those, I can make I can kind of ease into some of the darker stuff and still make the characters quite relatable and how they also see things as well. Because I'm completely fine with writing a bit more easygoing stories, but I really like excel in making darker stuff. So that became my favorite just for the fact it's the kind of stuff I grew up on and it's the kind of stuff I want to replicate. I, I get you on that. I mean, I started with fantasy, young adults, you know, Lord of the Rings kind of things when I started. Um, and now I'm writing dark uh, romance, dark mafia romance, dark MC romance. And they're really dark, um, violent, explicit. Um, and I'm absolutely loving it. I love writing it. <laughs> and, and the readers can't get enough of it. They, 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 they just gravitate to violence, sex and violence. That's what they want. It's strange. Yeah. But, but the women, especially the women, they absolutely love those books. Yeah. So how would Wait. you, if, if, you do, if, if that's your favorite genre at the moment and that's what you want to uh, write, how are you basing going then into fantasy or going into science fiction with mm. your other well, characters? Well, the thing is, is that even if people said I'm a bit ambitious to try attempting this, I have been constructing my own entire universe for my story, where it centers where there's 14 planets that the different characters actually explore, which that's how you get the fantasy and sci-fi, because that, that takes place on different planets, so it's that an entirely out. different world. Yeah, I like that. I figured that would be the best way to have things make sense in the transitions between genres while also keeping it in the same general story. Exactly. No, that is a very smart way of doing it because it is, I mean, with so many characters and so many genres, uh, it would be difficult and, and um, hard going for a reader to understand what's going on. But you doing it like that, jumping from one planet to another different genre on that planet, your different characters. I, I like I like that idea. It's good. So what are you calling your series? You must have a, a mm. title of some sort by now. 
Yeah, originally this was just going to be a stand-in title until I could think of something different. But I went with the name The Corruption. Ooh. And the reason why I thought of that name is because a lot of the characters kind of reflect the whole idea of how easily the mind can be tainted and how it can be altered to e for either the better or the worse. <laughs> how and, easy people can be corrupted. Yeah, like, for instance, one of the main characters is actually someone who was very kind, like, lighthearted and all that and just tried to help people but as the story goes on people actually start to resent them and consider them a disgrace of a being that shouldn't exist anymore and they still act as a hero or anti-hero but they also become corrupted themselves for the fact that they resort to violence to solve their problems wow so good into good corrupted into bad um why why that storyline is i mean i know what the world's like now and i know how much corruption goes on in the us and in greece so you you'd be surprised um <laughs> but uh, is it because of what's happening in our world that you wanted to to um write uh, about your opinions and and how you feel about what's going on but put it into a comic yeah the thing is is that i did it uh unconsciously at the time when i originally started making it because the main thing that i wouldn't feel the best about is how some people don't want to look at the things that are going on around them and i completely understand why but at the same time it's like things aren't going to get better if people don't realize what the things that are going on so instead yeah so instead i'm trying to replicate reality in a way while also still being somewhat of an escape for people so it's an easier pill to swallow while they also can see the actual issues of things i like that that you're putting our our issues into your work but you're not doing it in a way that you're preaching you're doing it in a way, a subtle, very subtle way of doing it. That's very clever. Thank you. So you said how long have you been working on the actual books now, the story, the plot? I've been working on it for six years. Which six I years. Will, oh. I will admit I have been slacking a little bit on it, but that's just because it's so much to think about that even when I'm trying to relax or play some video games with some friends or something like that, I'm constantly thinking of more ideas and all that, even if I'm not directly working on it at the moment. I, I hear you on that, especially the characters. They don't leave you alone. They, they're always talking to you and telling you what to write next or where to go and what you've done <laughs> wrong and <laughs> always nagging at you in your ear. <laughs> yeah, which I actually have a really big, character cast where the thing is is that i wanted to make every character feel like an actual person of course. with and the main issue with that is the fact that there's at least 110 characters that i'm trying to give detailed personalities backstories motives and allies and enemies where i'm trying to make all of them three-dimensional while also not having the story run on for too long with just explaining details of them. 
Yeah, it's you've got you've got to remember who's your main character, who's your foil, who's your confidant, who's your uh, antagonist, and then you've got the the background people. Now those background people, they don't need oh uh, he was born at so and so and he's got five brothers and sisters. The readers don't need to know that detail. You know, they're they're, yeah. they're smaller characters. Yes, you want to put a hundred characters in your book, but you don't want to, you want to stick to the main characters when it comes to detail and backstory and yeah. the little <laughs> ones, let them just sit in the background and do what they have to do and, and come in when they have to come in and then leave the stage when they're, when it, their time's finished, you know? Yeah. Like the main reason why I wanted to at least put a decent amount of detail into all of those characters is because I already have the main story pretty much thought out completely. But the thing is, is that I don't want to try extending the story after that. I don't want to expand upon something that is supposed to already be done. So with those side characters, if I still wanted to write the series after I'm done with the main story, I fear I can have little side plots so you can see how much development were put into the characters that used to be just side characters. There's many a time where a, a side character's whispered in your ear, I think it's about time I had my own book. This is my story. It needs to be written. So, I mean, it does happen, but you're doing it without being told. You know what I mean? It, it, sometimes <laughs> it happens naturally, but you're actually plotting it for it to happen. So have maybe novellas going off of um, off the same uh, world building, the same um, characters, but one of them, lesser characters having its own uh, storyline yeah it's mainly just that i wanted to like this is the reason why i've been called so ambitious but pretty much the thing i wanted to try doing is even even if it would be a very unlikely thing to happen if i ever got the opportunity to i'd want to try expanding it as much as marvel or dc with the fact of it having an expanding universe of all these different characters from different, completely different lives all being in the same universe together and working alongside each other or against each other. And okay. I know that is a bit too far-fetched. No, not at but... all. Not at all. But what you've got to do is you've got to slow down and you've got to step back for a bit. Um what you what you're planning on doing is is marvelous and and uh, yeah you can create that uh, that um, massive uh, world uh, multiverse with all these um, characters in it that that's not a problem but you can't do that in one book and you've got to keep in your mind the first book the first <laughs> where where you introduce the world to the readers where you introduce a couple of the main characters you've got to yeah. concentrate on that and step back from the rest yes you are being ambitious but the problem is you're putting everything on top of you at the same time which is actually probably stopping you from getting that pen and starting writing because it feels like you are being overwhelmed and you need to step back and look at not the whole picture look at the comic what is happening on the front page of the comic and when you turn that cover what's the story what's this what's exactly the first page of that comic what is happening in that story yeah 
like I know I didn't really mention this, but I actually already have the first few parts of my story finished because it's meant to be a series, not just one big book. Yeah. But it's just that, like, I've already gotten the first few finished. It's just that I'm still waiting to be able to get it released as a comic at least around the same time because, again, I don't want people to read one part and if they want to get more details, they, you know, kind of spoils them a bit for some events. So I'm not trying to all fit it in one, like, a book and all that. But I am, I will admit, I'm going a bit ahead of myself with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're listening. <laughs> Trust me, I've been doing this for a long time and uh, I, I do sometimes know what I'm talking about. But it is ambitious project. It sounds amazing and I think it would work and I think it could be big when you do it correct. But you've just got to, like I said, step back and look at the the first thing look at that first project look at that book that you've already written the story you've already written now you need to find a artist to turn that story that one little book into the first comic yeah yeah so have you because you're an artist yourself have you scaled and drawn even just a one rough draft of what the comic scenes would look like I have not because I still have a lot of practice with anatomy that I need to get down and also just general scaling of things because I only started drawing maybe a year and a half ago. Okay. And I've and I've made a good amount of progress from when I've started, but at the same time, I still have a lot of things to learn with it. You know, when when it comes to doing your your score your storyboard, you can use stick men. Okay. <laughs> You use stigmen, but you have to plan out in each of these uh, windows what is going to happen, uh, what is in the background, uh, which character it is, what they're saying, if they're saying anything, um, and how you know how they're standing, sitting on a chair inside a house, in uh, flying in the air, whatever they're doing, you know. But you've got to you've got to plan that out now. You've got it in your book. And until you, you can't just go to to see a graphic designer and say, right, this is my book. I want it turned into a comic. You've got to show them a storyboard. They need to see how you want it done. And so even drawing stick men, at least you will have that uh, storyboard right in front of you, a, a rough scribble with a pencil of how you're going to place everything on that first page. Fair enough. <laughs> like, I will admit I am still getting used to, like, everything with my story. Like, uh -huh. because originally I was just planning for my story to be a small little thing at the time. <laughs> because when I first worked on the story, it was going to be a one-off thing just to start out writing. Mm -hmm. But I was already having so many ideas regarding just the few characters that were in it. That I was like, I don't want to stop here. I want to keep going with this because I've already added a bit too much lore for a short story just to be kept as a short story. And it just turned into a monster. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I, I I see what you're doing. And it's don't put yourself down with your artwork because... Um, art takes time and like I said just so you've got the storyboard out which you'll need to find a graphic designer they need to see that storyboard 
draw those stigmen, okay? That, that's all you need to do, just so you have it planned and plotted out, at least the first two pages of the comic. So they have an idea, not about the style, it's about the story and how you're lining everything up. Like when you're writing a script, how you're doing the scene, who's coming into it, what's being happening, what's being said. You've got to do the same, but with your comic, you've got to yourself scribble out, draw um, uh, with a, a pencil. Each uh, window of the comic, each uh, little bubble, and um, decide uh, how you're going to get that first book into one comic. I mean, the first book, how many words are we talking? How many pages? Uh, I'm probably still going to edit and add some things here and there for maybe some lore changes or whether there's actually some details of another character being there because I may have most of it thought up, but I still have to think out the details. Yeah. No, but uh, it's, At the moment? At, at the moment, it's roughly 180 pages. 180, okay. And you want to get all of that into one comic, and you know how many pages is in a comic? Mm. You've got to take the bare bones of your story. So all the details, yeah, keep for the book. But for the comic, it's just got to be graphic, graphic, a little bit of speech, graphic, graphic, a little bit of speech. And you've got to yeah. tell that story in your book, 180 pages in, what, 20, 30 pages for a comic? Yeah, I will admit that will definitely be difficult. Though one thing I thought of to try combating that a bit is with each book, there would be just multiple parts to line it up. Like you could have like for each book, you could have like four or five parts to just that one made out of comics pretty much like a little series for the one book comic series yeah. yeah that would that would work that would work but again with a comic i don't know how many you've read how many you've you've seen but again with a comic there's not a lot of dialogue there's there's uh, it's more it's more colorful pictures that are explaining <laughs> what's going on than there is dialogue and even even doing a, a small series, you, you've got to cut down so much. And it's like it's like when you do a novel and you turn it into a script, okay? You've got a 90,000-worded novel, and now you've got to turn it into um, maybe 100 pages into a script telling the whole story from start to finish with all the characters, with all the plot, Somehow it needs to go into 100 pages from 90,000 words. It's not easy. And to yeah. turn a book into a comic is not easy. But you've got to, what you need to do is go through the book, take out the scenes that are the most important to the storyline, to the plot. Mm -hmm. And that's the ones that you need in your comic. Yeah, to make sure just to keep on with the important stuff to it. It's the, the you're doing you're doing the meat. It's the bare bones you need in the comic, and in the novel you're doing the meat. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. It's uh, I need uh, I'd hate to be you, but uh, <laughs> I, I love I love your ambition, uh, and uh, I think it's a a marvelous idea. Um, 
Uh, so we still haven't talked about what the story is about, though. We we know it's got 100 characters. We know it's different planets, uh, sci-fi, fantasy, and you're traveling around and everything. But what is happening? What's the, what's the actual storyline? What's the plot? Uh, the main plot is this civil war between these godlike beings in my story that I named Universe Overlords. There's gods and demons and angels and all that awesome. but the but the top of the food chain is the universe overlords which there's only a uh, total of 14 of them that exist mm -hmm. but there's a bit of a civil war going on between them which pretty much leaves everyone else in their universe to pick a side and the fact that it's a war that's been going on for around 50 years at this point and shows no sign of stopping. And you get to see the perspective of many different characters for this whole war, but it isn't like always big skill battles. It's also some smaller stuff. Like, for instance, one of the main combating groups for this war is a vigilante group that is run by one of the universe overlords called the Scorched Legion, mm -hmm. which it's a... Pretty much they're seen as the bad guys compared to everyone else. But they're also the most direct in what in showing what they're trying to do for the world. And the fact that they want to get rid of the opposing side and try to make the world a better place in their own vision. So a villain a villain never sees himself as a villain. He sees himself yeah. as a hero. That he's doing the best for mankind, yet he is a villain in the book. Um, yeah. These uh, these overlords, they're on the different planets. Yeah, uh, the universe overlords pretty much roam around their universe constantly as they possess many abilities. For instance, I'm not going to call them by name just for the fact that their name will hold a lot of information in the actual story itself, which would spoil a lot. Okay. But, the like, for instance, one of the most known characters of mine so far and most powerful, they are capable of teleportation, enhancing their own physical capabilities for speed, strength, and stamina to the point that they can lift even, like, entire semi-trucks and throw them hundreds of meters if they wanted. Cool. They I like can, that superpower. They can also shoot electricity and fire from their hands, as well as actually summon elect like lightning from the sky to strike down on, on opponents. Thor. <laughs> and another thing is that, that because they were actually someone who was experimented on at some point, they also gained abilities from a demon variation called a Shadow of the Mist. Which a shadow of the mist are capable of blending into the dark, being completely invisible in it, and are also able to teleport from dark spots to dark spots, and are capable of summoning these chains that literally can go at least a hundred meters in distance, and they also have their own specific blades that they can summon at will. Wow, and they they they're bad. They sound bad. You don't want to meet a shadow. Yeah, they're not ex like the demons and angels aren't not represented as just being all around good or all around bad. For instance, the main anti hero who has these abilities 
they're part demon, but they're not like straight up evil. They still have good intentions, but they definitely do it in a bit more of a gruesome way. But they still at least try to do some good with their abilities. You sound like uh, you said six years, and I can understand why. Just speaking with you now, and 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 hearing about the shadows and the the lords and the civil war and picking sides, and it's it sounds like you know you're the sort of uh, token writer that just creates this world, um, and and has all these different things going on, and you have a map. I don't know if you've done maps or anything, or they're in your head. <laughs> But you have a map of what the the world looks like, um, and the names of the places. And you know, Tolkien was just so uh, detailed when it came to his world building. That sounds very similar to what you're doing with yours. Thanks, but uh, I actually have many different creatures. Like some of them are based off of creatures that center in religion and all that. But I do have a lot of my own unique ideas for them. For instance, I have multiple different demon types. Like, there's the Shadows of the Mist, there's the Artacommon, the Fearfiel, the Soul Seekers, the Skyphilific, and Titans of the Abyss. Wow. Wow. <laughs> this, is, this is what's going <laughs> to, if you put them all together in one, it's just going to overwhelm the reader. And I can understand why you're overwhelmed with it all. It's... Uh... Wow. Yeah. And, okay, so, yeah. You, you know, I imagine this being like, um, you know, those war games where <laughs> you've got the little uh, models and you're playing the, the games with the dice and everything. I could imagine <laughs> like a little board, not a board game, or like a war game made from your world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also have a lot of my own, like, technology used in my story. Mm. For instance... The different powers of people are actually used in the technologies for things to actually somewhat make sense in how they work. For instance, the Scorched Legion, each member, which there's only 26 of them, each member has their own specialized weapons, armor, and vehicles that were created by other group members. And one of the characters actually use, uses a modified hypercar that they have a V12 engine in but also strapped in their own miniature jet engine that they were able to compact and extend the vehicle with a bit. Cool. And pretty much the car is capable of reaching around 557 miles an hour. <laughs> or roughly or, or roughly 1,000 kilometers an hour. And the reason why the car is even capable of staying at that speed for long without the car breaking in some way is that... They were able to use some of the magic from a Fearfiel demon to make the vehicle and the tires heat resistant. Mm. So they don't overheat as easily. They will eventually, but it's a thing to stop them from just combusting on the user of them. Uh, Hunter, do you sleep at all? <laughs> I try to. <laughs> wow. I just can imagine what's in your head for you to come up with things like this. So now we've talked about your art and your writing. Now let's go to the next thing. You are so creative. It's unbelievable. So music, I mean, 
you you write, you play, you um, compose. I mean, what is it with music? What is it you do? Uh, well, I do all those things as pretty much music has always been a passion of mine with always wanting to make it. But when I was younger, I didn't really apply myself too much into it until it was by the point that I had to actually get rid of the instruments that I had because of moving. But pretty much I used to play the guitar and drums almost every day for like a while before again I had to move. And ever since then I wanted to try reigniting that passion for making music as I always loved listening to music and loved dissecting every little piece of instrument like instrumentals or lyrics and that's pretty much how I got to where I am now just want to create something through a different medium so what inspired you when it came to writing music what what were you listening to when you were younger uh for me my family always had me like grow up on and that metal and rock and all that. Oh, wow. Where... You just said the magic word. <laughs> <laughs> I used to sing in a rock band, so I am so into <laughs> rock. Yes, carry on. <laughs> so the first band I ever recall listening to was the band Megadeth. Oh, and wow. The... That's heavy. <laughs> yeah, the first song I heard by them was uh, 502. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is like thrash metal. And I can't can't listen to thrash metal much. It's too, it gives me a headache. But um, the first band I ever heard, what heavy metal band I ever heard, was Iron Maiden, and I've been a fan of theirs since. And I was very young at the time because there were still tapes out at that time. I don't know. I don't know how old you are, Hunter, but uh, I, the the first thing that I bought wasn't a, a record or CD or whatever. It was actually a tape of uh, Iron Maiden's uh, Best of the Beast album, and. <laughs> I just, I just constantly had it on repeat. I just, I loved the stories that he told through his music, the tales of uh, Dance of Death and uh, the uh, Can I Play with Madness and uh, the Trooper, telling stories uh, and and the epic and the the music that goes with them helps you along with the story it's just absolutely mm. fantastic and and he was amazing on stage as well so i've been a big fan of them but megadeth is a little bit too uh, too hard for me but so were you ever in a band i mean were any of your family members musicians and in a rock band or did you just like rock music i just really liked it which my brother actually played the guitar for a while and i actually did want to be a part of a band and at the time that when the idea came to mind that uh i had an old group of friends that we were all thinking of actually forming our own band but i was the only one who ever had experience in <laughs> playing instruments so that idea kind of died fast yeah. i can see you play you're recording your, your track with your guitar then you jump onto the drums and do your drum part yeah no that wouldn't work <laughs> Oh, what a shame. So, um, I mean, for me, rock music has been for me all through my life because I used to sing in a band as well. Even finishing with that, I, I still love rock music. I still sing it. Um, so has it metal, heavy metal and rock stayed with you since you were young? Yeah, 
I still listen to a lot of metal net like daily at this point. I'm always listening to bands like Corn, Slipknot, wow. uh, Slayer, <laughs> just all different types. I actually even looked on Spotify, and apparently I've listened to over a thousand different artists in just rock and metal. <laughs> you do like it, don't you? <laughs> I was, uh, what was I? I was, when I was writing my fantasy novel, it's a, a duology, I was listening to, at the time, Metallica and Saxon, Killing Fields. <laughs> and it's amazing that heavy metal can inspire you to write fantasy. But I think that is the best music to listen to while you're writing something like that. Yeah, for me, that's, like, I've also listened to music while I'm writing my story because with my story, I didn't really mention it before, but I'm trying to capture, an, like, an early 2000s vibe with it, with the fact that I'm inspired by a lot of early 2000s stuff with, with it being grittier and very profound in how dark it is. <laughs> so you're making music to go with your book. Yeah, pretty much, as I've made multiple themes for different characters of mine, and I'm actually working on a really big album and all that. I'm pretty much just waiting for the album artwork to be finished. So you've got a whole album of of short tracks that will um, accompany the comic or the book. Yeah, it's pretty much, I just wanted to try showing the characters and the scenes through a different form of art by trying to capture the emotions of that scene and replicate it into a song for people to listen to. So would someone who, who listens to one of the songs be able to imagine what's going on? Or was this has to be accompanied with the comic so you'd see the pictures and you'd hear the music and it would all melt into one? It, it would kind of it would be the second thing of it melding into one, while also some of the music can work on their own. For instance, mm -hmm. character themes, they are meant to express the character through just that music. You wouldn't have to see, like know who the character even is, but just through the music, you'd know what you'd kind know of person they are. You'd know that character is in the scene because you'd recognize it belonging to that character. I like that yeah. idea. Yeah. And I, I also try to think of like creative the names for it. For instance, the one character that I mentioned before that I couldn't mention by name because it'd be a bit too uh, much of a spoiler for it. But mm, the character's theme is literally called Unhinged Hatred. Mm. Just for the fact that the character themselves is filled with so much negative emotions that they kind of just need to let it out but they refuse to because they fear that they'll hurt the people they care about by letting all of it out. Well, I can, I can hear symphony metal in the background for this character. It's a mix of like new metal with like synth wave. There's also bells, violins as well, because I don't want to stick to just one genre when it comes to music. No. I want to try melding things a bit together to make something a bit more unique. Mm -hmm. it, the, the idea may not be unique, but I still try to at least have a signature sound to my music for the fact that I'm trying to break the mold a bit with it instead of just sticking to one thing. <laughs> 
when you say it's not unique, I think it's very unique because like you're doing your comic, you're doing your book and you're doing an album. Um, you don't hear about this very often because <laughs> no one's got talent enough to do all three. So it's... Um, and to have you said the album's ready to go so when you, you you're not releasing it are you until the the comics ready i'm actually going to release the music on its own as i've already actually released two albums onto spotify already no, albums or tracks no, uh like small albums no, well there could just be called tracks but regardless it has it be called an album if you just put a few songs together with it yeah. But pretty much with my music, I have 21 songs already on Spotify. But this next album I'm working on is all the work that I've been working on for the past year. Because I've tried releasing my music on YouTube, but it YouTube doesn't like to cooperate with me on it. As it takes hours for some of the music to upload due to my internet being fairly slow yeah but spotify works a bit better and with this next album i'm planning it to have 47 songs right yeah spotify is, is one of the best platforms soundcloud is another good one for music um <laughs> and uh yeah forget about uh, youtube that's uh <laughs> takes ages to uh, upload on there even even a normal uh, video <laughs> um yeah so, so the album's coming out first. That's that's very unusual. That's a different way of doing it. But you said this music can stand by itself. You don't need to have a book with you when you mm. listen to it. Yeah, you wouldn't need to. Like, I'm sure, sometimes it may be a bit beneficial for some like scenes or something. Mm. But when it comes to just the character themes, the themes are meant to just be standalone things for people to listen to. Which the reason why I want to release the albums like now is because it also shows people that I am still, in fact, working on it and that <laughs> it's not that I'm just saying I'm working on something, but not, you know. How many so people I, you got waiting for this? Yeah, but uh, that's why I just am releasing the music now so people get confirmation that, yes, I'm still working on all of this. It just takes time. Okay. And, and the artwork, what's the artwork going to be like for the album? The album is going to feature seven of my most known characters to people that I've actually told a decent bit of my story about, pretty much. Which, those characters is, one of them is the name I cannot list. Mm -hmm. And then these are Abigail Cedria Zamelli, Violet Nova Kateri, oh. Vianchor Viana, Mitch Abrell, Ava Avian Zamelli and Sarkranti Knighton. My gosh, where do you get the imagination for those names? They are ridiculous. They're amazing. Oh my gosh. And, and they're not just like, oh, that's uh, Avery. No, no, it's Avery Collateral uh, Helipots. You know, you give it like a three barrel name to a character. That's crazy. Which, uh, <laughs> There's actually a lore-specific reason why some of the characters have a middle name, and that is because those characters are actually some of the universe overlords, which, to people, if they want to refer to that overlord, but they don't know them personally, 
they call them by their middle name to acknowledge the fact that they don't have a very personal connection with them, but they're still at least respecting them by calling them by one of their names. I like that. You you so, have you have your own law. You you've you've made your your rules up for this world of what they're allowed to, how they're allowed to act, what they're allowed to do, what they can get away with, and what would get them into trouble. Have you made your own laws up? Yeah, like for instance, with Violet, people who actually know her per on a personal level would just call her Violet. Mm -hmm. But if someone no recognizes who she is, but and then not on a personal level, they would just call her Nova because that's her middle name and they don't know her that well. Okay, even though they know her first name, they won't use a first name because they're not acquainted with her really well. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like that idea. I bet, I bet your whole book's full of little ideas like that. That's what's going to, that's what's really going to make it the, the world building come alive and the people and the characters, like you said, to be so dimensional because of doing things like that. It's um, mm -hmm. very cool. So what are you calling your album? Uh, I was pretty much going to call it The Corrupted Collection. <laughs> Just because it goes along with my story a bit. While also showing that it's a much bigger album compared to the others. Okay, but the the others that you've done are also part of this uh, world. Yeah, well, it's just that I figured I'd give this album something along the lines of the Corrupted Collection, just for the fact that it's still like bigger than the other albums and that it shows a bit more of the work I've been doing because it's a collection of all the stuff that I've been working on for the past year and a half instead of just things I've recently made. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, how long did it take you to do the album? Well, count considering that it takes me roughly around two days to plan out a song and get it made, and that's if I'm working on it like nonstop. And I'd say it would have took me at least around 80 days or so to be able to make all those songs, roughly. Okay, we need a lot of time for that. Um, we are we talking instrumental here? Are we talking with vocals? I mean, uh, they're instrumentals mainly because I would want to try finding someone who would be able to be a good vocalist for it as I can't sing if I really, really want to try to, but I'd rather try finding someone who's has a bit more of a natural talent for singing as well as being able to capture the emotions of the songs better than I can. But you've written the words out for some of the songs, but no one's singing them at the moment. Yeah. I'm, I'm very interested. I'm very <laughs> interested to, to hear these songs and to, uh, to, to have a go at singing them to to see what they sound like with the vocals I'm gonna have to pop over to Spotify and have a listen to your stuff which one do you recommend me to listen to first uh the first songs I'd recommend listening to is either the unhinged hatred remix or midnight brawl midnight brawl yeah. and both of them have got lyrics to them 
No, they have written lyrics, but still don't have a singer for it. So okay. they're All just right. instrumentals for now. Nice. I'll have a listen to those. Yeah. Well, so which uh, I actually I just wanted to mention that for like I have two different names for social medias and all that. Mm -hmm. So most people know me by Skull King TC. Okay. But for music, I go by the name Unjustified Corruption. Okay. Mainly because I tried, I tried to sell it home with the whole corruption name. Yeah, it's the brand. Like, yes, you correct there. If you're, if it's already working out, why stop now? <laughs> That's it. No, branding is something people see you and hear you and recognize you as. And so using that corruption title in everything you're doing is just absolutely perfect. Yeah. Uh, you need to get yourself a, a logo now that represents the, the multiverse. Yeah, I was actually, I've already had some concept designs, but I'm waiting to see if I can come up with anything else first. Because I want to make sure that I can express the brand as much as I can through just a simple picture. Exactly. <laughs> it's, I mean, a logo doesn't have, uh, sometimes it has has a writing on, but it's more a graphic, but it's not like the whole of the, the picture is, is color. It's just a simple graphic that just tells people what to expect, what you're going to get. This is who I am. This is what I've done. You know, yeah, it's 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 hard. I do I do branding and logo designs for my authors, um, and it's hard to to come up with something that represents everything that they write, especially if they write in different genres. <laughs> yeah, the main idea I've had so far with it though is the background would be red while showing a black silhouette of that main character that I keep not naming, while it also shows <laughs> that like just completely like white eyes just glowing a bit where you just see like a side view of their face a bit with a red background sort of thing yeah that's I can, what i basically I can, envisioned yeah <laughs> i can imagine that red background black silhouette with a, a cloak or something eyes white beaming out onto the 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 onto the red background yeah no i could i can see that working yeah and but, I, um the, the he who <laughs> must not be named <laughs> The interesting thing is that this character is actually a she, but they've actually been misgendered as a he for a long time because of their design. Oh, I love that. I love that you've done that. That is so now. That is fabulous that you've uh, put it put it like that. No, wonderful. I, I love, I honestly, I love what you're doing and I, I wouldn't wish this on anyone because it is one hell of a project, but um, get that album out, do that first, get that out and and then find that designer for your comic, get that storyboard written out, drafted out with a pencil so that you can show the graphic designer the kind of thing that you're looking for. Not the style, but how you want things to be paced out and uh, yeah. how you want the story to be told. Um <laughs> And uh, yeah, and, and then get the book out, get the book ready, formatted, finished, edited. You have a, a very busy 2023 coming up. Yeah, I definitely do. As um, I, I first wasn't sure to mention this, but a good friend of mine is actually working on a website 
so I can post regularly like for updates and all that regarding Wonderful. anything regarding my story as well as I have actually met a horror game developer who was who's willing to try making a horror game based off of a bit of a like basically a nightmare version of my own story that I had once where pretty much it'd be some of the most iconic characters looking more twisted and demonic and you have to try outrunning them in an abandoned factory while you try escaping some way. <laughs> that was from a nightmare you had. Yeah, the it actually spawned from the whole idea of one night I was just being so restless that I wanted to get more work done for my story that I fell asleep at my computer and literally had a nightmare of my own characters coming after to kill me. Perfect. That is perfect. That that you when when that happens, that means you need to write that down straight away. <laughs> That's what the characters are telling you. They're saying this is what you need to write down. That's why we come into your head so you can write down that uh, scene. Love it. Wow. I mean, yeah, you can go far and wide. You can go video. You can go animation. You can go uh, game, war games. You can do anything once you've created this world. Anything is possible. And I I just love your ambition, and I wish you all the best but i'm going to check out your your songs and and have a look at uh, what you've done so far so if people want to find out and maybe go and listen to your music or if the website's not up yet how can they find you to find out when the website goes up and they can see your work well uh, the web the website actually is up currently it doesn't have anything on it because my Friends said that they are still currently working on stuff. The website is going to be called is called the Archives of the Skull King. Okay. And for my music, like I mentioned, it's Unjustified Corruption. If they want to go check on Spotify or even some of my old songs on YouTube, if they would like to. And also, uh, I do have an Instagram and Twitter that go under the name Skull King TC as well as a facebook account as well wonderful i will have all those links down in the uh, description of the podcast and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you you've just uh, really opened my mind to to what is people are capable of and the talent that somebody can have and to have so many ideas and like i said just step back and and concentrate on one part at a time otherwise you will get overwhelmed yeah i'm definitely going to try pacing myself at least a little bit with it good good <laughs> i wish you all the best and thank you so much for being a guest on behind the pen all right thank you for having me here <laughs> hey folks you're listening to the podcast behind the pen behind the pen brings you fun and entertaining interviews by amazing creatives and if you'd like to support and keep the podcast going you can donate via my linktree page that's l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e backslash karina ganters all small letters every dollar helps me share my platform with these amazing artists don't forget to follow like and review the podcast your support means everything.